Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Shuttle Pod. This is episode 72. We are recording on October 8th, 2019. I'm Brian Drew, along with Kelly Yacovino. Hello, everyone. And we've got a special guest with us today to take us, navigate us through the uh, the Trek waters that have been uh, coming in of late. Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek is with us. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, having me on. Hey, Larry. Good to have you back. It's been a while. It has been a while, but I wish I wish you'd had me on when there was more going on in Trekland. I mean, it's just so boring right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. Up until last weekend, it was quite boring. <laughs> or slow. It was about two and a half months after, like, San Diego and, and STLV, where it got kind of quiet. It was quiet, yeah. Yeah. By the way, speaking of you haven't been on in a while, I, I looked it up earlier. The last time you were on the podcast was in May of 2016. Wow. Okay. Well, that's... that was th- more than three years ago. When I read that in the show notes, I thought to myself, I can't believe we've been doing the podcast for three years. <laughs> <laughs> Much less ignoring Larry. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. I, yeah, it's fun to be back. And think how think how slow things were in 2016. Also, think how I know. think how ancient history that was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was the 50th anniversary, and there was a certain amount right. of anticipation. But yeah, there's been a lot of things that have happened in the past three years. No kidding, different different world. It is. It's a different world in so many ways. Folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> subtext. But we won't go there. Subtext. 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 Um, so, as we mentioned, it was kind of quiet for about two, two and a half months there. And that all ended last weekend at New York Comic Con. I'm so surprised. Where there's a... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Star Trek had a presence not only as a panel. There were things... I went uh, last Friday to the convention. Oh. CBS put in this Star Trek attraction where you can go in and it was like a... It was almost like a VR kind of a thing. People seemed oh. to enjoy it, but the line for it was completely insane. That's awesome, though. It's good that the line was long. It means people yeah, thought yeah, it was neat. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it seemed to be good. People seemed to enjoy it. Um, there was, you know, cool little things attached to it. You know, there were plaques of the different starship captains, you know, and stuff like that. So it was, you know, they, they, they definitely put some effort into it. There was a lot of detailing on it. Um, and then there was a Star Trek Universe booth elsewhere in the con that was selling T-shirts and had a couple of outfits from both Picard and Discovery's third season. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, there was a bit of a presence more than usual at New York Comic Con, you know, on the floor itself, as opposed to the actual panel, which is last couple of years has taken place at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden. And speaking of the panel, mm-hmm. there was this huge Star Trek universe panel. It was an hour and a half and covered a whole bunch of things, including Disco's third season, Picard's first. Obviously, Picard is a big anticipated thing. But we thought we would dive in with Disco first and talk about what we saw and what we think will happen down the line with that. So, come to think of it, that's the—I think—that's the order they did them <laughs> on stage. They, they did, did Disco first. They yeah. did. They did so Disco first. Mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, there's a huge anticipation, right, for Patrick Stewart's return to Star Trek. So they—they they, you don't want to let your best material out first, I guess, yeah. in terms of you know crowd anticipation. So mm-hmm. they, it was the smart move, and we are going to echo what CBS did, and we're going to go first with Disco. So the trailer, you know, there's a lot of information in that trailer. Yeah, I feel like I need to watch it like a couple more times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
we we learned both from the trailer and from the panel that Disco is 930 years in the future now. Burnham is separated from the Discovery at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season and stranded for it appears to be for over a year or around a year or something like that. I mean, like they show that little montage of her hair. Changing. Her hair grow. Her hair grows a lot. Yeah. That's yeah, like does. that's it more does. than a year's growth. Uh, I'll see your hippie yep. hair, Spock, and uh, yeah, and raise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like hippie hair, Spock. Mm-hmm. Both times. Yes, I prefer the 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 the, the motion picture hippie Spock. Though. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we I digress. Uh, we found out that the Federation has hit some tough times mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this in this future. I believe it's down to like five or six member worlds now on this on the the famous Federation logo. <laughs> yeah, you see the flag unfurl and yes, you see the flag un- and it used to be populated with so many stars and now I think there were like maybe four or five. It's like it's like in like in Branded or the opening credits of this old TV show or any time like they would like when when someone's uh, kicked out of the army or like the cavalry especially or whatever they like ripping the stra- the bars off their shoulders you know to decommission them or. Hmm. Or, or knock them down in rank. It's like I could just see people leaving the Federation, people going up and like ripping their star off. The... <laughs> yeah, right. That'd be very dramatic. Uh, yeah, especially when forty-seven went up at one time. It was a sad day. Yeah, no, that it's it was a very striking. It's interesting how thing they're they're in the future. It's I don't know where they where they found the balance between saying it's in the future and it's I don't know. It's no, it's not dystopic. You know, it's not a a post-apocalyptic where people are. You know, all Mad Maxing all over the place, or or Walking Deading, because they've still got the high tech, you know, flag and the gleaming this and the gleaming that and the whoever that right, is, Federation right. president. Hello, I have three states left in my federation or whatever my country. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a Lincoln if he only had New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine left or something. But <laughs> but they were still everything with even in his little circle at least things were still gleaming. That's why it was so. It's not like. I mean, there's some rough edges. They're running around in Iceland or wherever they or they say they are. That's where they mm-hmm. filmed those scenes. And you yep. and you had the thing of Burnham and and, uh, and and the new character, and then you had some of those attacking scenes of random, you know, old known species, which is cool. Which is my favorite part of the thing. But it's I thought it was funny how I was wondering, okay, what's what's this future going to be like, and how separated from what we have, and how untethered they are. And then there was still plenty of room to have nice things, you know what I mean? So that's that was an interesting little uh, glimmer. They're just they're still they're still gleaming. They're just you know much much tinier and more depressed apparently. Yeah, I, that's what I'm really interested to find out how rough the times have gotten in the Federation. Because I think it was um, Michelle Paradise. Um, I think Alex Griffin both had some words to say about that on stage during the panel. Um, Paradise said that the Federation will be going through a bit of a rough patch when mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. Discovery arrives and that the Federation is challenged but not gone. Um, and this idea that the, the characters and Discovery become a beacon of hope in the future. So it's... You know how? Yeah, just how, just how downtrodden are they, and how much are they gonna play the like, you know, uh, sort of space dark ages? Right, and and thing. why was it? Yeah. was mm-hmm. it was their internal? You know, did the seams come apart, or was there something from without, or mm-hmm. or both? You know, reaction to whatever. But um, no, yeah, it's great. It's great fodder to to tell stories on. I I don't know if we want to go on this, but I. Like I said, I was traveling, had some family things, and came back and was catching up. And I saw a little bit of the online reaction. 
And I guess there's maybe, and it strikes me as sincere, maybe not just, you know, the old clickbait folks uh, making bucks off dissension, but maybe some sincere fandom reaction to, oh, no, don't don't make the Federation not utopian and, you know, gleaming and everything, which struck me odd because, A, it's a thousand years, you can do a lot in a thousand years, but um, you, you want some story texture and you want something to bounce, you want some arcs, you want something to play off of, just like the Picard arc is Picard out of mm-hmm. service and you know you got to have something to push against to come back to yes. and hopefully you're or even like discovery season when you're gl- or you know hell the zindi war or whatever it is on enterprise i mean you're 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 coming from the dark to the light and hopefully the arc is going to the light not going into dark mm-hmm. if it's star trek mm-hmm. so that that fan reaction kind of threw me especially since since 911 and everything from dave rossi's animation pitch and and uh and and doug mirabello their their pitch was going to be a future not a thousand years but it struck me that they had like a couple of hundred years in the future with kind of a broken up subspace was disrupted and the federation was you know had lost its luster and its nobility and they were tail between their legs i mean that was the thrust of their pitch which would have been made had had Star Trek.com not had its uh, plug pulled but a lot of those pitches in the fallow years of people pitching ideas where things have kind of come apart and our people, whatever the format was going to be, are going to help put it back together. So on one hand, right. you know, I'm fine with it. And maybe that's not a widespread feeling. But since Discovery, I think maybe losing, maybe we can talk about this later too, maybe losing out a little bit in the glow, the warm fuzzies of Picard and people may not be paying as much attention to Discovery as they are. But maybe, you know, and, and then the people are outright like not easy with that vibe. It's a totally... To me, it makes total sense. I mean, as far as being great, aside from being great storytelling fodder, it makes total sense if you're going to jump ahead a thousand years and things, and you want things to be, yeah. you know, not just the same old, same old. That would be pretty, uh, you know, unrealistic as well as not not fun mm-hmm. to play with. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, and going back to what you were just saying about Dave Rossi's pitch, there's been other pitches along the, in this mm-hmm. vein as well. Um, we covered something about seven or eight years ago about a, a pitch that was written by the director Brian Singer yep. and Christopher mm-hmm. McQuarrie and Rob Burnett, which takes place in like the year three thousand. And some of, there were definitely similar beats to this. You know, the Federation's fallen on hard times. There's complacency. There's this, that, and the other thing. And how do we get? You know, how do we get, get back? back to right. The, yeah. How do we get back? And by the way, if anyone wants to read that. Um proposal for that series is called um i think it's called star trek federation right is that right yeah it's yep. you can find it on yep. trek movie um just search in the box star trek federation it was an article yep. we wrote back in 2011 or we'll post the link yeah yeah well yeah that's right we'll post the link um right on the, the episode page and i bet you yeah. probably did a story yep. on dave ross and doug's uh animation series at the time and then they revealed probably it did. when I, it was I totally dead that, that yeah you could post that too maybe but they all had that similar theme, so that's why I'm a little. It's it's just people, I don't know, maybe newer fans or or something not being, you know, realizing that hey, this is. Mm. <laughs> it's not once again. It's not always what hits you at first glance. It's where you're going to go from here, and what's the. Yeah, yeah. You know. I guess I mean I guess yeah. I I I'm wary of it as well. Just from just um, wary about them spending too much time down in the dumps. It's like, okay, you can start mm-hmm. there and have that as a place to play off of, but I, I'm hoping that it sort of jolts into a more uh, positive place so far. Because I want to, I kind of want to just watch Star Trek to, f- to feel the warm fuzzies sometimes. 
So I can't d- live yeah. down in the dumps all the time. I feel like like this guy's explored some d- definitely dark things. <laughs> some dark things, yeah. Um so it'd be it'd yeah. be nice. And they they even moved to a little bit lighter tone in season 2, so I think it'd be nice to see that trajectory continue. I think I heard him talk about humor uh coming into play. Didn't didn't someone mention oh. that it's not all just dreary? It's a Discovery season 3 on the panel yeah, that they, they had they, some they, light they, moments. Yeah, they they yeah, they they do mention that. And hopefully the show does not proceed at its normal brickneck pace and actually stops and does a little more character-driven work. Mm, I feel mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. last season, mm-hmm. the show never stopped to take a breath. I'm hoping that they will, especially at the beginning of the season when like you know, they have to reckon with the fact that they're never going to see their families again. And they, te- they, are, they are saying that they are going to deal with this. You know, I want to see that. Like, let's, Mm -hmm. let's explore that. Let's dig into that a little bit and let's not, you know, do it for 45 seconds and then get to the next big set piece. I want to see more depth from the characters. That's, that's what I. Yeah. One of the fan questions was, are they, will anybody be homesick? And thankfully somebody said, well, of course they'll be homesick and they are and they were. Yeah. 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 They have to be. How could you not be? Well, it's it struck me a complete divorce from everything you've ever known. Yeah, when they first sprung this, you know, you didn't, you had no glimmer any of this was happening until the last few minutes of the season of the season two finale, and they say, "Oh, we're mm. nine hundred thirty years in the future, bang!" And then the whole end piece is on Enterprise, and they go, "Bing! Oh, there's yeah. the light. They yep. got there. Okay." And it never broke away. And by the by the time they did that, you're going, "Aha! They're going to let this all wrap up in the point of view." of Pike's Bakken number one and right. anybody left behind. So we don't know if they really got where they were going, if it was the right year, if it was the right location or whatever. But I I felt like it was going to be the location, but by that by the um the amount of, of you know, the if it was the same trajectory as getting back to Terra did they just go to Terra Elysium again? You know? Well that was in the beta quadrant. Right. So it's like, okay, well now if they're gonna if their goal here as a as a structure was to be totally divorced from all known you know, space and time, you know, a thousand nine thirty in the future and in another quadrant where we're not so if it's the if it's the hind end of the Klingons and Romulans, which is can still be a fur piece and still be in the middle of the beta quadrant at that distance, then they're totally untethered. But then to see these trailers now and I thought, well, then it's totally the the pressure will totally be for the storytelling and to attract an audience, it's totally gonna be on what these characters, you know, their chemistry. It's like they can't lean on any any tropes of Star Trek. They're going to be in a totally new area. So in a way, it was going to be like Voyager being cut off. But Voyager was always at least in the same time frame. Oh, yeah. look, we finally got a signal through. We're going to put the doctor through a, you know, everything. If yeah. they ever did make contact, it was in the same time frame. So this season. Well, and there was a hope of them getting back, right? That's well, a big right, difference right, right. as well. Yes. But I'm saying is whatever they encounter over there, it's way the hell away and it's not even yeah. in the same time. It's like it's Voyager times two, and or in two different planes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's much worse than. It's Voyager's not just situation. place; it's place and time. So, mm-hmm. what will that even mm-hmm. look like? And then to see this trailer, where and I have to say, they're running. I went, oh, that's the Iceland they filmed in. So here's like a human guy, or apparently human, unless he's you know an original series alien. Ha ha. <laughs> um, <laughs> walking around out there. Anyway. 
Yeah. No, yeah. he's got a he's got a I think he's got a regular human name, I believe. Yes, he does. Uh, Booker or Book or something. And I want to go. Yeah, yes. his full name is Booker. Yeah, something Booker. Cleveland Booker, I believe. Uh, at least it wasn't like Shepherd Book. I was going to say, wait. I know, right? Like a, yeah, I was waiting for that. Um, this is my homage to Ron Glass. Um, Fire, <laughs> Firefly fans. Um brown shirts but it's like they're walking around and my first glance was like oh so now this is like the walking trek <laughs> because they're out there uh you know walking dead but but then they yeah, you know that they don't... do meet up eventually but they, but when it does this is basically of both of these trailers and we're going to get to picard i guess in a minute and maybe even short treks too but of all these trailers and you know you're and we'll get to this. We know you have the feels during the Picard. You know what was coming. You're just looking for more mm-hmm. clues. But people are already predisposed to love, live, live the Picard trailer. And dis- no doubt. yeah, and Discovery is kinda like, Well, what are they doing? You know, and it mm-hmm. is kind of gray. It is kind of gray. I was only half kidding on that walking trek thing. And then <laughs> they then here comes bang, here comes some Andorian renegades or Andorian whatevers that are obviously in conflict with them with the little hand. I said, gives a whole new meaning to the term hand phaser or the hand cannon or whatever the hell they are, they're using there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this oh, distortion yeah, see, yeah, wave the, With, effect. like, the red, yeah, and things then the that they're thing wearing. That, but then I creamed my pants when they had the one of, like, various species types running, and it was the only time watching both these trailers that I stopped and went, wait, what? And I rewound <laughs> was when they're all standing the, there, the, and it's yeah. like, is that a Lurian? Oh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, it yep. looks like Morn. Then, yep. There's a Lurian. And I went, oh my God. And then I went, wait, that's a Cardassian. And a Cardassian, yep. And then there's a something yep. that might be, what the hell were they with the bulby eyes? A Tigorian or something? A Greenhorn? Anyway, but they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, and right there I went, okay. The, the birthing pangs, the growing pangs are over. Somebody in some level of the production has been allowed to... And and yes, it was. I mean, I did a screen grab and blew it up, and maybe it's a little fuzzy. But just looking, I mean, I recognized it was a Morn type head, right? It was mm-hmm. a Lurian. Oh yeah, totally. uh, no and doubt. Then the, when yeah. I stopped, I looked back and saw the Cardassian, and then I'm trying to figure out the other one is a new one. And there's just a couple of and and there's diversity among the Andorians. Some of them have their antennas a little further back, and some have them further up, and some of them have their long hair, and some are baldier. But it was like, oh, somebody, they're feeling secure enough in their skin. That either somebody's allowed to just go and do this, or else whoever's making the visual decisions is, you know, I just gave me a really good feeling about where they're coming from, and someone's in a hmm. comfort zone enough to do that. And it also answered the question of their way out in the beta quadrant, or if, if that really is where they got to, which could be totally mm-hmm. off. Right, right. Yeah, we don't. But know if yet. that really is where they are, yeah, we really don't know. Everybody has spread. So if the federate, what that gets to me is, if the federation, this set up a whole like domino effect of, of questions. If they really, <laughs> if the federation really has shrunk or lost membership or whatever, or who's the core members? You know, if it if it's not just, um, uh, first last, like if the uh, the home, like if the Andorians say. We're one. We're a founding member, and now they're uh, they're outside, um, and that's what that represented. Or that, if they're not just rogue, if they really are all that way, um, mm-hmm. then like what what's happened? The what is there any logical? Is there what was the story? Why is it? Is it internal? Is it external? Who's in? Who's out? More people are obviously out than in compared to our you know the twenty fourth century. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. just it just but it it's whatever it is they're not cr- gonna they're not gonna create seventeen different new weird races to populate this story they're leaning and it's just a matter of well if they really are in beta quadrant everybody has spread that far 
So now what does that tell you about why the Federation's in disarray and shrinking and what's, you know, and where are the Klingons and Romulans and who the hell else is out there and they're going to introduce some new people in that space if that's really what... Anyway, it just opened up this whole um, thing of, oh, okay, it's not totally different faces. It's a lot of things we know. They're just mm-hmm. going to be a thousand years removed, which well, there's is another, very exciting. There's another big species, too, that we saw, which was the trill. Yes, yes, yes. that too. And then in the yeah. uh, panel, they confirmed that the that Discovery will be going to trill for a, yep. an important, some important reason. There's... Like, I can't remember what they said, something like there was an important reason why someone needs to go there or something like that. So if they're in the beta quadrant, see, that's, so that's it. So did they, do they spore drive their way back to the alpha, but they're still in the same time? Because Trill is very much, you know, in near space. Mm. So, well, they, I mean, they have this, we know they have this spore drive and they're right? still using it. And that's going to be a point of, um, uh, around which they can build drama as well, because they've said that you know people know that that Discovery is the only ship that has a spore mm-hmm. drive even nine hundred thirty years in the future, and that there are some folks who are going to want it. They're going to go after them for it. Yep. Yeah. It's so they gonna... have they they're going they're doubling down on the spores. More spore It's going to be like the Kazon coming after Voyager. <laughs> week <laughs> after week after week after. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, that is, and it's it's like is that if there's only one uh, symbiote cave, that's the caves of Makala, and I love how that showed like three trills standing there, a man and two women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that was cool. And the and the woman on the end looked very much like like young Jadzia. It's not Jadzia, but obviously, but it's like that same body type where it was like a striking oh. model, and she has her hair pulled, you know, kind of back severely. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just thought that's hmm. Is that meant to like kind of echo? <laughs> But yeah, the whole trill thing was like out of left field. That was one of the real surprises yeah. of that trill. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. I, I was, it's a cool, it's a cool species to pick if they were going to spe- pick like one interesting species to sort of give us more maybe backstory and elaborate more on. Because I would love to learn more about the trill. Well, yeah, and the, oh, totally. the whole scandal of the Trill Commission was the Symbiosis Commission was lying to their own people about we had to carefully select hosts. That was mm-hmm. one one of the drop the totally mm-hmm. forgotten drop things of DS Nine yeah. because they got yeah. off on the Klingons and Dominion War was wait a minute. So Cisco and Dax and that commission are the only ones that know this is all a, a hoax. But they would have chaos if you know if people were tearing down the burning down the house to all. You know, host a symbiont. They they came up with that to keep people in line. But but um, I always wanted to see somebody do a follow up to somebody. You know, letting the cat out of the bag and having chaos on Trill. But but what, now the mystery is why is Discovery having to mess around with Trill a, a thousand years mm-hmm. in the future? On top of everything else, we don't know that much about Dis- about Discovery on this. So anyway, that's a that's a really I'm I'm there's a piece of me mixing Picard and and Discovery's trailers in my head. But that's um. Yeah, you've got familiar faces renegating around for some reason, and then they have to go to Trill. So that's so my point. Part of what I came away with this trailer was going, wow, the people who have, whether it was their design or not, the people who have kind of been very cool to Discovery and now maybe felt even cooler, like, you've gone a thousand years in the future. Why do I feel attached to you at all? Unless I was just you know in love with these characters. Maybe there'll be more hooks for people, you know, in a, in a real. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the big reaction's been to this trailer. Seeing Trill and seeing Lurians and Cardassians, you know, in in this. I, I, I think the Lurian thing. 
got quite a reaction. Everybody went, oh, my God. That's well, what it's more, in this. That's what made me stop. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, what? But it also it told me a lot about what's in their mindset and what, what kind of freedom and what kind of comfort zone that they're in and who's being allowed to make you know they're not they're not they're not doing first next first season next generation type decisions you know what i mean like hmm. don't lean hmm. on anything we know already this has to be an original new cool show we have to come up with all our own original new cool stuff it's like no they're settling in and they say that they're way away from everything else but there's everything right there and then bang they're on right. trill so what does that mean so it's it's really intriguing right. i think right. i think this trailer did a lot of good for the the remaining yeah. You know, doubting Thomases who are sincerely doubting Thomases and not just making a buck. Well, <laughs> I also think it'll be to the relief of people who, you know, obviously there are still a lot of people out there that are unhappy about the way the Klingons mm-hmm. turned out. This is clearly yes, everything is kind of rolled back. Let's be honest. I mean, they they're they're going back to to the traditional looks for most of the aliens. They're just tweaking them mm-hmm. to make them a little more modern looking. Which and I think, I think it makes more sense. That will. Yeah, but I think that that will make people happy in and of itself. I mean, I never got too worked up about the Klingons. Neither did Kale. Kale and I were like the two people that were kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, well, plus, like, it was looking a huge at the, the flashpoint history. for a lot of people. Yeah. Look well, at I the was, history uh, of the Klingons. They've changed so much. Like, you can't use that as an example of what not to change because we've accepted all these other changes. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that was a huge flashpoint for yeah. a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Funny. The funny. one. Well, my thing was like, you know, of all the things to be concerned about, that's like, low on my list really. yeah exactly yeah, well, that was yeah. that's exactly right. right yeah i had a lot of other issues that i was more concerned about than whether the klingons had hair or not right <laughs> you know the biggest question though that on my mind is will the lurian speak <laughs> yes that's that's it and you know i was i was that's this got me looking again about lurians um somewhere along the way somebody makes a point that that morn is bald and that Lorians mm. usually have more hair than that. So, but oh, maybe really? they yeah. maybe they're in dilemma, and that's like one line obscure somewhere, unless somebody's like being a memory alpha hog or something. So that's awesome, though. I love it. It would no, be cool never if happens. this one had hair. That'd be I'm awesome. sure that I'm sure that uh, whoever wanted to made that choice to have a Lurian have a Morn-like type in there. The last thing they wanted was to have a, a Lurian with hair, and people people go, "What? That's Morn doesn't have hair. you know, like have the ninety nine percent say Morn doesn't have hair. What do you? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have given so, him like a this little. This isn't canon. Give him a little mohawk or something. Yeah, yeah, but no, no. Wait till you've got five Lurians in a room and then show some diversity. Like, yeah. You know, there you go. Yeah. Like sure. all these Andorians yeah. in this one scene. They're like, I was. Oh, and one of the Andorians has his little uh, hand cannon on his left hand. I was like, Yay! Andorians are left-handed. Can be <laughs> awesome. left-handed. Left-handedness survived into the thirty-third century or whatever. That was. <laughs> awesome. I, I, I've liked the way Discovery has tweaked the Andorian makeup. It looks good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Haven't seen any radio control, RC control, uh, moving antenna yet, but you know maybe they maybe they didn't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, if there's anything else we really need to cover. Um, there are going to be 13 episodes, we were told, although there seemed to be a bit of a discrepancy on that. Oh, Alex told Lori Ulster, our correspondent who was uh, at Paley, that there were potentially 13 plus episodes you could do over the course of the season, and he told another site 13 straight up. Okay. Well, they've always so, started with 13 in the first year. They right. wound up well, with two extra, and right. then they had one extra. So, right. Yeah. Right. So I think if, if the, once they're in, he, he said they're doing episode six now, so maybe by the time they get to nine or, nine or ten, they'll know if they need an extra one or not. Yeah, I think it was more covering 
himself just to mm-hmm. say th- he said like 13 or more and it, you could see the or more was kind of tacked on the way he says it um and i think it's more just like well you know just in case i don't want because he knows he's gonna be quoted you know what i mean and so right, people right. want to be like you lied and you said it was 13 now it's 14 yeah. <laughs> right so it could be 13 it could be 14 you know whatever it's fine yeah in the end it <laughs> doesn't make a huge difference right now no of course so. not of course not. well it's i'll but. just say one thing it's so great i mean alex they do they of course they have to tease they have to be teasery not spoiler until they're on their master plan of what they reveal and don't reveal and hopefully there aren't you know like loose cannons like frakes or somebody uh who who's now seen the light <laughs> apparently but in the early days he was letting stuff go right and let, you know but I they mean, have a battle recently, plan yeah. <laughs> right right when he first said oh we're going to the mirror universe what that was way ahead of time for their schedule but um, Alex is so much better than like oh my god the old days and Rick Berman. Yes, we have several interesting shows that are, I think, are going to be very pleasing to a lot of our audience. And that was like he that's would it. say that nineteen times in different words. Yeah, that's funny. And he was like, oh god, can we get something? Yes, I believe we may see this again at some point. I mean, that was like that would have been oh my god a huge reveal. So for him to say <laughs> the other thing that I one of the, I wrote down two things. One was. Um, about Alex commenting, and I didn't get quite. Well, I got to the end of it. I guess one was somebody asked him, "Are there any plans to get Discovery back to the 23rd century eventually?" And he said, "I don't think there's any plans to return them." Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, if they come back to the, you know, don't confuse time and space, kids. So if they come to Trill, say, and they can hop around and get back, back to home, it won't be the home that they know. It'll be a different, you know, different time. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. They can and, never um, go home again. Yeah. But he's he's saying we have so many series, we have so many series going, they're all going to be set in different time periods, so don't worry about it. Right. And the other thing, a fan asked him if they saw, and this wasn't particularly about uh, Discovery then, but somebody asked him in that panel um, if he'd seen the petition to have a Captain Nog mentioned somewhere in honor of Aaron. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, we saw that, and we will look for ways to make it a possibility. So, you know, maybe in the Picard yeah. series somewhere. Another list of yeah, famous captains lovely. or something, but yeah, that'd be great. I wonder if we'll see any Ferengi in Discovery's thirty third century. That would be bizarre. A tall to see Ferengi. Yeah. To see Ferengi. <laughs> might, you might be a better chance to see him during the Picard thing, since Picard is really not going to be on a Federation no, I didn't... ship and is probably going to have to navigate some unsavory uh, areas. Well, point. yeah, or a mention. Yeah. No, I just meant would we see a Ferengi in? Among these familiar faces, these familiar species that we're seeing, like Cardassians and, right, and right, Lurians, right. I, it'd be funny if like the Ferengis are all like tall now or something. They've had yeah. some kind of radiological <laughs> accident it. or whatever. Tiny ears and tall or something. Yeah. I wanted to circle back to one thing that you were saying about, will they come back to the 23rd century or not? One of them has to. Yes. Unless something... But can't you see them inventing some one-off situation they're going to have to. Yeah. I mean, how else are they going to do it? How are it? they going to get I mean, Georgiou into... Georgiou, yeah. yeah. How is she going to get back? Yeah. Well, she only has to if there's a Section 31 show, right? No, it seems like it's going that way. Yeah, I mean, they keep you keep hearing about it, and there's people... They're saying... Um, was it... Was it Bowie and... I can't remember. They, they named and, a couple and of... Erica. And Erica. Yeah, it's Bowie and Erica. All right. And, yes, yes. I, yeah. And uh, maybe six months ago, I talked to her briefly in LA, and, and she said, yep, they were, like, you know, pulling their hair out, working on the pilot. No no time pressure, but they were, you know, trying to thrash it out. So mm-hmm. at least that's going... And they, they do kind of keep referring to it in general. I don't think they've stopped absolutely 
I mean, they don't talk about other shows all the time. They say other series, but nobody has quit talking about it, you know, or set up. That's no, you know. But there's, right. but there's been no formal announcement of that. And I, I remember, and I think even, and I think Kurtzman even emphasized this the other day, that after Discovery's season is over, that this group, the whole group, and I think I, some of the writers too, I think, but but definitely the production group is going to go straight into Section Thirty One. Okay. Well, there you go. So, but like again. That I mean, they're going to wrap production. What maybe by the end of the year? They're they're halfway through now. They're halfway yeah. through, so close to. You figure oh, maybe yeah. by the end of the year, maybe January, something like that. Uh, well, if it's only so, thirteen episodes and they've done six since April, six or seven, didn't they start in April? No, it wasn't. It wasn't April. What was it? They started in um, like the end of July. July that's right. Oh, it's August. Picard. Yeah, Picard started in April. Right. Right. Uh, so if July to uh, October was half a season, then yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you would think if that's going to happen, we're going to have to hear an official announcement soon. You would think yeah, so. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Now, one thing that you, when you were talking about what all the spread that CBS put out for uh, Star Trek at, at New York Comic Con, the it mm-hmm. was cool because the I guess this has become a pattern now, and they've included STLV, but um, basically the the virtual reality turbo lift and uh, all you know the exhibits and all that. They had that at San Diego Comic Con, and they brought it to. Mm-hmm. They brought things to. Ve- Did they have the virtual reality lift at Vegas? I don't know that they. I don't think, I don't so. think they did, but they had the exhibits. And and yes, then they the, had yeah, the exhibit was great. And they brought the, and they'll probably take it all over for. I'm sure they'll take it all over to to uh, DST in the UK. Oh, in a couple. Mm. Of, yeah, that's soon. Yeah, isn't it? it's in a couple of weeks, yeah. something like that. So seeing that, but one thing they did do in San Diego was they gave some specific time to uh, Lower Decks, the animation. So it doesn't sound yeah. like they mm-hmm. did that in New York, but they did no. throw in a mention of he did drop that they were immediately as of right then making uh, the first short treks go live, and then gave the schedule. And what what mm-hmm. was surprising to me was all six of the ones they talked about are all dropping before Picard starts. So they're not as well as you know announcing their date, but everything before mid uh, January. And I thought maybe mm. something would be sprinkled in down in between Discovery's, I mean, Picard's first season and Discovery's third season, whenever it starts up again. But they're running them all six then, which was a little mm. bit of a surprise to me. But they did squeeze well, in a little there, mention there of the Short Trek situation. Well, there are some animated stuff. Right. There is some animated shorts in the pipelines. But those, I don't think, we're not getting those now. We're going to get those later on. I don't think those are ready. Right. I thought there were six. There are six short treks, yeah. and two of them. There were three. Uh, there's one supposedly a pre-Picard setup. There are three right. Pike uh, number one Spocks, and I thought there were two animations, okay, and those are the are. six. Okay. Right. And then when right, you look at right, that right. schedule, there are two on the same day. Right. There are two on the same day. So maybe, and I just kind of assumed those are the uh, those are the animations. But anyway, and they have nothing yeah. to do with either animation. Either and they have nothing to do with either animated series or right. any of the other existing series or plans for a series. So they're like totally standalone, mm-hmm. different animations. So I'm I'm so intrigued to see what the how the different styles of animation and how many yeah, friggin' fourteen year olds we can get watching Star Trek again that didn't have Trekkie parents. I mean I'm so pumped for that. So you know, sell some action figures, damn it. Get the thing, you know get get yeah. the, get the get the seeds growing again. But yeah. anyway, that was yeah. uh, I was I was just kind of surprised to see all six of the announced short treks are going to be aired before Picard starts. Yeah, no, that's a good hmm. point. That's a good point. 
Um, we have no air date. Speaking of Discovery's third season being scheduled, there is no air date. Earlier this year, I think over the summer, maybe in San Diego, they indicated it would be later next year, quote unquote. Yeah, late twenty. So whatever that means. Yeah, so I don't know what that means. Could it be June? Could it be September? Could it be a year from like right now? Like, I don't know. Well, it's curious to me that if they if so, Picard's ten episodes. If they start mid January, that means it's you know it's done by the end of March. I right. just kind of assumed the whole point of this was to start overlapping or, or butting up, you know, series so that people don't drop all access. The old thing about, well, I'll take right. it when you've got a trek on. And right. I was yeah. thinking it'd just pop up in April. But right, I keep hearing more and more about later in the year. So I'm, I don't know. They're not, and no one said anything about Lower Decks right. coming, you well, know. Now, maybe that's the thing. Yeah. I think it's a ways right. off. So maybe that's the thing. Yeah, maybe that's the thing. Maybe at one point... They were going to maybe run that after Picard, but it's not going to be ready maybe, and maybe they're going to move Disco up. Keep talking about two two years to start an animated series up, which seems amazing to me. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I just assume they would try to have something to, to plug in right after Picard makes its run, but maybe not. Yeah. Maybe they'll just, you know, deal with it. Or well, maybe they'll have a new batch of short treks they'll be talking about cranking out. They that, may, there may be, yeah, there may be stuff in the pipeline we don't know That they're know in about. the bunker and nobody's like, they haven't yeah. talked about them yet. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, I think this Discovery trailer may have actually, in its in its understated way, gotten a lot of people, mm, 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 you know, and, and got some uh, got some attention. I don't know. I'll, I guess yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, how, it piqued my interest. Yeah. Well, you're you, Caleb. <laughs> but it will, you know. It, 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 I think you know how you were mentioning. It's almost like the forgotten show. That may be to. It may be a good thing for the show, actually. Oh, I think it's definitely good, and I to have I, less I, attention focused on it. Yeah, I think it may sneak. I, I just think it may sneak up on people. Maybe yeah. they'll be able to it do might. better. You know, more interesting things if they're not under the spotlight as much. I just think they feel. It feels like they feel like they've they've settled. And heaven forbid, I keep. I've said this for three years now, or whatever it's been. They had the worst birthing of almost any Star Trek series. As oh, far yeah. As the, the oh, it was, yeah. No, it, it, not, it was absolutely the worst. Kale and I were talking about it earlier today. Yeah, it's a wonder that shows survived. It's kind of, I guess, it's lucky in a way that it, the franchise yeah. was in the situation that it was in because it, the turmoil was, that was pretty hard it on that show. The turmoil, yeah. talk about chaos yeah. on the bridge, but there was like, it feels no, like 10 times the... Uh, Oh, it was worse. It was worse yeah. Doing a syndication package for next gen is different than announcing a whole new arm of your corporation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and having that pressure on top of it, and then yeah, I, I used to say it was like having getting in a cab and having and going cross country, but having three different drivers and the car never stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, while they changed or something, or yeah, it's, yeah. it's if it had been anything else besides Star Trek and a new arm of CBS that they would have pulled the plug so early. So, to yeah. me, to yeah. people to talk about. Season one discovery, like it's this intact thing. I go, like like movie, like the motion picture. It's like yes, you have to judge it by what's on screen, but do you know the saga behind it? Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, you yeah. almost have yeah. like the one time you have to know, you know, the pain and the chaos and turmoil. And it's the first couple of seasons of Next Gen are almost that way, but even those feel like a cakewalk compared to. You know, Discovery season. Yeah. Yeah. That feels a lot more yeah. of just growing pains and figuring out who they mm-hmm. are. And like Discovery had that as well on top of oh, yeah. all this other stuff. Yeah. So. Well, they change course and showrunners and direction and so many times. You know, we've already spent the money on this and we can't change it now if we had to. Yeah. yeah. You know, all of that was yeah. baked in the cake for yeah. the way it finally wound up. But 
Look at where they are now. Yeah. 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 Those kids, and you think be... they're going to be total screw-ups their whole life, and then bang, they wind up, you know, making more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. And as you were saying about all access, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Now that the merger, you know, the companies oh, yeah. are yeah, yeah. getting married again. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if it morphs into a whole different kind of service. Personally, I think that would be a good thing if it did. So, yeah, all those questions. You know, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be the next next couple of years are gonna be very very interesting. And eventually, what all this means for any kind of future features and who's doing them and who's who's mm-hmm. in the driver's yep. seat for that, or are they gonna apportion it out, or you know, will you know the short term thing is will Tarantino Trek happen because it's kind of an anomaly of its own, but will eventually mm-hmm. will. Um, Kurtzman pull a Berman and be in charge of movies as well because he's certainly got it in his back pocket, you know, and he can they can put a team together oh, sure to do features, does. or will they feel like? I know it's it's like it'll be turf and and the currents and who who winds up how how the whole remerger the reconciliation happens, um, right. and that's and but right now they're so focused on just getting the the brand and the franchise you know the fan base built back up and and I think trying to show the diversity that's possible. You know, while still having everything linked, but showing the different tones and flavors of Trek that they can give people and everybody find their... I was laughing. I said, I think Series 6 or Series 7 is going to be this bright, shiny crew on a bright, shiny ship running around sciencing <laughs> and exploring again. It'll be like, wow, it's one of the wacky varieties we can offer you. And there'll be seven people left in the back row going, it's what it all used to always be. But <laughs> it's yeah. all it ever used to be. <laughs> But fine, we'll That's take it. Want. It's 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 a wacky it's a wacky uh, off kind of flavor now. But I think the Picard show is extremely important mm-hmm. for for the franchise as a whole because it has to stabilize everything. Yeah, it has to just be a nice smooth sail. You know, it has to get a fair amount of the fan base rallied around it. Well, and I think there's a big difference between what you know Discovery has potential to do, like before before it came out, what Discovery's potential was to mm-hmm. do for the fan base, for the franchise, and what Picard's potential is. Because I really feel that um, there's a special kind of uh, sentimentality to oh. Picard. Oh yeah. Now, no question. Um, no question. A lot of that is from people in my generation who are in their you know, early to mid thirties, who uh, you know, I guess like all people in early to late thirties, probably who grew up, well, and even forties at this point, who grew up watching the Next Generation as a child, and now the um, you know all nostalgia, the nostalgia is so strong, and, <laughs> yep, and obviously exactly. all the fr- big biggest franchises right now are playing off nostalgia like like crazy. Um, yeah. And Picard, in particular, that character has this really special kind of nostalgia. The fact, fact that he, like the facepalm meme, is one of the most popular memes. You know, well, says a and lot. A, and even beyond the sentimentality, the people that say, "Oh my God, the times we live in right now, the social and the, the yeah. political." Mm-hmm. It's like, what would Picard uh, we, do? <laughs> what would Picard do? Like he was, you know, uh, there it sits, and you know, you. Can, uh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, for every yeah. Colonel Jessup saying you can't handle the truth, there's Picard saying, you know, the truth is your first duty and, you know, that, you know, the first duty. And it's just, he's just such a salve for the time. I'm just so shocked they didn't have a trailer at New York Comic Con for Picard. <laughs> Speaking of the Picard trailer. Speaking of Picard Oh, wait, trailer. they did. Yeah. <laughs> they did indeed. 
So a lot of stuff happened in that trailer. Uh, it's speaking of getting people in the fields. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the trailer is clearly designed to do that. Just like the um, last trailer did. I mean, these have been like step, right? The first one, the shock was yeah. seeing, you know, seven and data. Oh, sure, sure. You know, and, and this data, one, yeah. it's like, really a teaser. you know, this was like the next level. I mean, don't you think? Yeah. 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 But I, I, oh, yeah, I no like, question. I honestly, I didn't feel like it was hitting me over the head with it. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. the person who's just like, oh, show these other characters. Yeah, I remember those characters. Like, I kind of gripe about that a lot. But I, I didn't th- feel this was over the top. And I loved the way that they very bre- very quickly, you know, within literally seconds, introduced us to Dad Riker, mm-hmm. which was freaking fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for Dad Riker. Yeah. Screaming at the kid. Yeah. You know. It's nice, it's nice to see Jonathan back. Yeah, it, it was awesome to see him. Yep. And did we see Deanna? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a hug. Hopefully she has yep. more to do than hug him, but I, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, we saw more seven. Seven, seven guns seven, a-blazing. You know, du- du- yeah, double barrel action. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a brief glimpse of Hugh looking mm-hmm. pretty human. What do you mean a brief? That was his big Hugh look reveal. I, it's like it was almost like you know, and they'd done a side. You know, they've really done this whole branded department on the side. They've really stepped up for. I know a lot of times it's not so much about what fans want, although it serves obviously the fandom and growing the audience. So much of the time, what CBS is doing, I just feel like they're just trying to hang on to their big chair, and they've been doing it this year. They get you know Marvel. It's now it's like Marvel and Star Trek, and everybody like Star Wars, and everybody else are falling off the beam but they've been getting a lot of kudos for how they stepped up with their social and their promotion efforts the in-house it's stuff. definitely gotten better yeah yeah and um yeah they had they had they, they had a big hire mm-hmm. bunch, they hired a bunch mm-hmm. of people earlier this year so yeah they've been doing a bunch of videos and little clips yeah, with they had they people they yeah. had to do something and it's great their, their social game was very shaky for a, yeah. while. For a long time yeah. well and it's the it's 2019 and they're upping the game which kind of says what they're you know it's like if, well here's if this is what we're going to do with our core Pro, our, our series and our products then we've got to be in the realm with the promotion the yep. marketing and it's got to be you know snappy and hippy dippy and whatever and and they've really stepped yep, it up yep. and done little yes, you know cute things. And these little side so, but the point there was these little side interviews and bits where they've they've you know got patrick and jerry and and jonathan and uh brent those things they did at comic-con and those they got a mile of those you know yep, little yeah, short yeah. subject mm-hmm. things and they did a bit with uh, Jonathan, you know, revealing his look. Well, now that I can talk about it and just but do, just doing little cute things like that. I saw mm-hmm. there was one with um, we haven't talked about it much, but one with Rebecca Romaine talking about the day they texted her. What else do you can you do that we don't know about? And she kind of quietly said she sang. And next thing they know, <laughs> she's doing a script read and they've got the modern major general bit from from, spoilers, the, short track, yeah. from the new short tracks. And uh, she's talking about how she's, oh, my God, I'm a huge Gilbert and Sullivan fan. And I and I knew it already. And I kind of and Ethan Peck's going. And then she just started singing it at the table read. And we were all like, what? <laughs> That's know, awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I know that already. And anyway, it's, I hadn't seen that. Actually, That's fantastic. Pe- oh, it's, I just saw it a little bit ago. It's a little just a couple hours ago today. But they're the, they're rolling out stuff like that. Little pieces like that mm-hmm. that are popping up yeah. in everybody's feeds and whatever you know platform they're in. And it's like, OK, very smart and. You know, yeah, it's it's yeah. doing um, it's taking completely taking jobs away from all of us, but um, 
<laughs> no, it gives us more to cover. Yeah, uh, yeah I know. I guess on the backside, <laughs> the upfront recording of stuff like that, it's like, but yeah, but getting and there's always tons more. But I, I just want to say kudos to them for doing that. And yeah, and that's, yeah, no, it's awesome. But that's reaching people, you know, and that's popping up in you know Facebooks and YouTube feeds uh, on the side mm. over there at the sidebar. And if it grabs more people in, then you know, so much the better. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we saw Riker, Troy, Seven, Hugh, and then of course Data. Data. Mm-hmm. In like some kind of yeah, dream data, sequence. It seems like Data's in a dream sequence. Yeah. Can we can we can we pause and talk about Data for a minute? <laughs> yeah, I think we have yeah. to. <laughs> yes. It he's not he's not uh he's not, look, he's not, not looking, looking great. so great. Yeah. <laughs> like kinda ill. Well, it is a dream. Yeah, but if it's a dream, he should look exactly like he it looked might before. Be a bad hologram. At first, I was like, maybe he, they. He, I, my, in my mind, I'm trying to like come up with excuses as I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, maybe it's because like it's before, and they wanted him to look a little bit crappier. Mm-hmm. Mm, sure. No, it's yeah. definitely data. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what it is? Like they're clearly still working on the de aging part of yeah. it. Yeah. On Brent, they're, they're still that's still a work in progress. Do so you think What's that's not final? No, that didn't look final to okay. me. Well, he's, he looks like he looks like he's got a toothache. He's got it's like one side of his mouth is like, like lumpy. Swollen. Yeah. yeah, and he had those square nacelles. I mean, that just looked horrible. Oh wait, I, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very early. Oh, because where we it's not going to air until uh, or air, literal uh, metaphorically, it's not going to be out yeah, until three April at yeah. the earliest, but probably later in the year. So yeah, they're they're maybe tweaking a lot. Uh, yeah, they're still tweaking, absolutely. Okay. But the hairline, I think, threw everybody away off. I was like, wow, what happened to his hair? Just, just the his... whole thing. It just didn't look like him. And it's yeah, not even that he looked tricky. like... It's not like it, it even just looked like old data. He just like looked like he had yeah. a bunch of crap on his face. Like yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, thought it was good. really bizarre that they didn't make that look nicer for the trailer. Yeah. So now maybe... I'm going to have... Yeah. We'll have faith. We'll have to have yeah. faith that they'll figure it okay. out. It could, be a, it could be a story point. It could be a clue. It could be a lot of things. <laughs> sure, sure. Hey, at least it's not Klingons <laughs> with no hair. Yeah. Ah, ah, see? <laughs> it, it, it feels like that sequence, though, with, with the two of them, with Picard and Data, is like maybe like the Data's painting and Picard... It feels like maybe Picard's blocked about something and can't quite figure out what... Did you What's see what do? Data is? Did you see him? what he's painting? No, I couldn't quite. It's, what it's was a. It? It's like it appears to be like a girl or a woman in a hooded thing, and the face is blank. So it looks. It's a total setup for um, Dodge. Or Dodge yeah, or whatever. yeah. Dodge, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. And we could we could speculate about who Dodge is too, if you want. Sure. Anybody have any thoughts about who she is? Uh, she's uh, she Ilsa Briomes, or however she pronounced her name. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I know. Uh, what is Picard's secret daughter that he didn't know he had by a DNA? Ex- I don't know. A cloning experiment from the Romulans who haven't been Borgified yet? But I don't know. It's it's all that stuff. It's like whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. It's Tom yeah, Hardy's daughter. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation about and that's fine. It's just it's just yeah. the bottom line to me is if you're enjoying seeing these reveals of you know, first everybody was shocked. To have Picard at all, then they're shocked to see you know uh, Seven and Data, you know, and then they're yep. and then to hear that Riker and, and Troy or you know Deanna and Will are there together, and that you know everything about this has, I mean, if there's been any like oh no, the people at the camp that say but Alex Kurtzman's doing it, it can't be that great, but a Michael Shaban, can I just step back and say yes, uh, yeah, Michael Shaban, yeah. aside from being a Pulitzer Prize winning writer, I mean that's 
we've had award-winning writers all through Trek who didn't. Frank Abadamarco wound up getting the chain of command torture story on Next Generation going, but he couldn't write Trek, and he only lasted 13 weeks, despite the best efforts. And he was an Emmy award-winning writer. And I remember mm. Jerry Taylor talking about regretfully, you know, how it was sad that he didn't work out. And then we, and it, while you have young kids coming up to the ranks, but at the same time, and uh, who's who am I thinking that's there had some award winning writers come in and out of Discovery. But here's, you know, Michael Shabin writing a short treks and coming in. Mm. Oh, and then we yeah, famously we famously had um, what's his name just recently here that had the whole. Uh, the N-word thing where he's relaying a story and somebody did... Walter Mosley. Yeah, Walter Mosley, who's another award-winning writer who didn't work out one way or the other. So, you know, that's not always a guarantee. But when I read the interview Michael Shabin did a few months ago where he said, he basically said what I've said for years, which is all these writers, including apparently the Ron Moores and Ira Bears of the world, who now say... Oh my God, Star Trek canon! It's like an anchor around your neck. I don't know how anybody could do anything creative and bold with so much Star Trek out there already. And I keep saying, well, a the novelist, you know, uh, Dayton and 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 David Mack and all, you know, Kirsten, all of them managed to do it just fine. Hire some novelists to be, and which is what they've been doing. Yeah. But Michael Shabin comes, who was a novelist, future alternate future history novelist, he comes along and says, "Are you kidding?" How many corners are not explored yet? How many pockets of the Star Trek universe across two or three centuries have we not seen yet? There are so yeah. many things that are open. That's what I've been saying. It's like, why are you, mm -hmm. you know, there is so much. I have five different things I wish somebody would go attack. And it's like, if you build it, they will come. And yeah, there's, you have to worry about what comes later and what came before. But just tell the immediate stories and all that will filter in. And, and then when mm -hmm. I saw the picture in the Picard, well, they had that Picard room early on. You know, uh, with Patrick sitting there uh, watching, and you know, Kiva Goldsman and and uh, Kirsten were in the room, and and Michael Shaban and some other people, but uh, uh, James Duff and somebody else. But then they somebody put up a picture. I was hoping it was a napkin, but it wasn't. It was a whiteboard, and they had done a quickie sketch. And I saved it because I loved it. A, they just knew it, and it was probably Kirsten. I think that's who got the credit. But she basically went crosshairs, crosshairs, neutral zone, Romulans, Klingons. Federation Corps, Cardassia Bajor over here. And it was basically like in eight or nine strokes did the basic Star Trek universe layout. <laughs> you know? Uh -huh. Bang, awesome. bang, 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 with a little bit of detail around the neutral zone. You know, like output, you could see like put the dots for the outposts kind of a thing. And it's like, you know, in Borg over here and an arrow pointing off toward the Delta Quadrant. Mm -hmm. And I saw that and I went, that somebody like slapped that up there in 15 seconds who knew what they were talking about, so apparently it was Kirsten. And I was like, oh, we're in good hands. Because just <laughs> what they were doing there was like, look, someone took the time to, they were, you could tell, there somebody was explaining to everybody else the relative, relative locations of everything and yeah. distances and how the, you know, the feel was. So if they're yeah. talking about doing this story or this story or this story, here's how it would kind of play out in Star Trek's reality, which meant they were paying attention to that. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. And then to hear Michael Shabin later talk about, hey, there is so much we haven't touched. What are you worried about? You know, that's that was his attitude. And I've so everybody else is feeling great, has the feels to see Patrick's face and Jonathan's face and Marina's face and Jerry's face and all that. And that's wonderful. But it's, you know, as a, at a core level, I felt really good about this. Yeah. And, and guys, these are going to be different series. And eventually, Discovery and Picard and 
whatever, Section 31, they're all going to have different people and feels and mm-hmm. tones. So you know, we whatever want. We want yeah, yeah, diversity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as they all kind of flow from the same channel, they can all have a sure, little bit of a different. Sure. They can all live in the same universe yeah. and be totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but Larry, I completely agree with your, what you're saying about Shavon. I, I'm very happy he's there. I'm thrilled that he's part and of the And that Trek. he's worked out. He was obviously a fan yeah. to start with. Yeah. And the fact that mm-hmm. he's got his right. dream job now, I'm sure. Like, he's won tons of awards. but Because you don't want to be – it doesn't matter what else you've done in your life. You don't want to be the guy that, that – screw. can I say that, Fox? You can't – you don't want to be the guy that fucks up Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Right. right? right. Who goes down right. in history that way. Like <clears throat> Stuart Baird. Um <laughs> you don't want to be that yes. guy. So for somebody to to get over that hump of nervous, you know, obvious human nervousness and to settle in and and strike gold and and be in such a good place and now they're obviously clearly happy with the way it's all turned out and can't wait for us to see it. You know, well, he's kind of clearly a, a very strong storyteller and knows how to build characters and mm-hmm. knows how to move a plot and uh, like make you feel stuff. Like yeah, watching mm-hmm. like Calypso is far and away my favorite start um, yeah. Yeah, short love, track. I, I yes, love, good point. Yeah, I love Calypso. So, and you know, Star Trek to me it's all about the storytelling. So like that's mm-hmm. you know, just that's the number one most important thing. And so if they can tell if they can tell that kind of a good story and make me care about those characters and the events surrounding them, that's the number one thing I care about more so than the hair or hairless Klingons. <laughs> or High hairline or low hairline data? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just don't want lumpy face data. It's just distracting. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Shabon is my sole reason yeah. for like being being very confident that the show is going to be just fine. And I think I keep thinking we would hear more. Look, Kirsten came over. Kirsten Byer came over from being you know quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes here. Just a novelist, right? Who wasn't on a TV track? hadn't didn't have all that, but I think her, and she's done some scripts since. So good on her. It's a little bit like Gar and Judy coming into Enterprise, and they had done some scripts, mm. but they were primarily novelists. Now they've gone on and done a lot of, you know, TV writing. But it's that it's like mm. if you can get someone with a Trek background who may have been a a Trek novelist, and if you give them a chance, you know, with support to turn the corner, like like the actors who become directors. If you give them a chance with support to turn that corner and bring all that head game that they've got to another another dimension, like going from written word to, to the screen, oh my God, it can be great. And I, but at the same time, in the real world of credits and you know seniority and all that, she's on the low end. And I was I remember at the beginning oh, of yeah. Discovery when they were like, oh, we don't have to, we don't have to have outside experts. We've got Kirsten Beyer and she's great on canon and she's in the writers' room early in Discovery. And I was like, yes, but does she have the power for her right. comments to carry weight, being on the yeah. bottom rung of the ladder and not even yeah. being a TV writer with past resume? Well, now she's yeah. two and three. And if and if what Ted Sullivan said back when he was on the show and tweeting. If if and I don't think she sat down one day and said, "Guys, we have to do a Patrick Stewart Picard series next." I think they were maybe bullshitting or they were brainstorming and throwing ideas out. And she's the one that said, "Hey, I bet we could talk to Patrick. What about a Picard series? And you know, do a that era that way." But I've seen her given credit and from others since then about the basic core idea. Now she didn't have the power to greenlight it, obviously, but coming giving her credit for like the core seed idea to do a Picard series. And if she's getting more cloud and starting to climb the ladder and getting some credits and 
you know, she's getting on down the line and she's a, a voice in the Picard room. That's awesome. And part of this may be we're seeing the fruits of that, too, along with and not taking anything away from Michael Shaven. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he had the he had the name and the clout up there ahead of her. And if the two of them would become this great team of aging, you know, Trekkies <laughs> let loose in the room, <laughs> then that's all awesome. You know, a Trekkies on a detailed yep. literary level. She actually uh, literally yeah. did. <laughs> no pun intended. She literally did Trek <laughs> books. He didn't. But he was a great like you said, he was a great storyteller. So structurist. So uh, I just you know, so everybody else is like looking at the surface stuff and, and going, wow. I just I just feel real good about the core of the show. So oh, I agree. You know. I completely agree. And nothing in that trailer, you know, uh, persuaded me otherwise. So and and it has mm-hmm. such a different. It is. It's like Walking Dead versus Next Generation grown up. And you know the French, the Italian, <laughs> the Italian lush music when you go to the vineyard house in this new mm-hmm. trailer. It was like oh, okay. Uh, I I like that. And I even like that little quiet moment where you see Riker and Picard sitting mm -hmm. on that swing out near the lake, Mm -hmm. which is probably a nice little character beat where they sit and talk things out. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love that it's got a, it feels like it's going to have a more thoughtful, slower pace to it. Well, it's obviously got some action bits, but what it's like, it's like they're deploying all the weapons the right way. They've got the younger new characters to do the act. You know, they've got action girl or action Barbie, like, like, like Terry said that LeVar called her when Dax became a Klingon fighter. They've got her to do action. They've got everybody else to do the running around. But then they, they, and they, and um, my God said, and they've got Jerry blasting away like Yosemite Sam there, (laughs) two-handed. But using Deanna and Will and um and what and maybe and data in ways that make sense and they're layered in there too. So mm-hmm. it's just it's a real nice they're using all the strengths that they could you know, and they didn't have a thing about no, we're gonna not lean on anything old and sentimental. We're this show is gonna, you know, depend on everything new that we bring to it. There was none of that because it wouldn't make sense and I don't know who who no. led the charge on that. If if Patrick had to or if that was an agreement early on, we'll see. But whatever it came from it was it makes the most and it's it's what it's what has people excited about this and nobody you know nobody under 40 can say or under 30 can say oh it's just the old fogies i don't want to watch that again you know there's something for everybody and and mm-hmm. it's a smart way mm-hmm. to put the show together so it was like yeah and it's so it is so 180 from the way discovery came together that's what's hmm. yeah. yeah oh yeah completely it's so much more stable yeah <laughs> well the franchise is in an entirely different place now it's almost like human yeah. beings are doing these, and sometimes they, <laughs> you know, sometimes things work out, and sometimes things are well oiled, and people get it, and sometimes people, you know, make mistakes or things blow up, and people have to fix things, and it's, you know, sometimes you're trying to write in a in a station wagon going over a ten miles of bad road, and sometimes you're on a you know laptop on a jet at thirty eight thousand feet you know, smooth sailing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's like, what's, what, what do you have to deal with when you're doing this? And, and clearly the sophomore show has got to benefit from all of that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And January 23rd, which was earlier than I was starting to think it was right. going to be. January yeah. 23rd, yeah. 10 episodes. Yeah. That's going to be upon us before you know it. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It will be here. And they'll start ramping up. They'll start ramping up promotion. I would think at the beginning of December, somewhere in and there. They, and these short treks to keep everybody buzzing. You know, before then, so. Yep, yep, and there's going to be likely a second season. Patrick mentioned in an interview that he's leaving March open in case they do another season. They keep talking about three, and then, see, here's the thing. It's like, 
people who are who are allowed to talk <laughs> and know that if they if loose lips sink ships and they get fired and never get a job again. And Picardo has been talking about being part of a season two for yeah, ages. Poor guy. Yeah, I know, but yeah. I mean, I you know, if he was that, I mean, unless he's totally craven now, I don't think he would be doing that if it wasn't something to. I mean, it's not more of G. It's not been a G. I'd like to like other people say. I mean, Lavar is out there. A little, I keep wondering if there if there's if there's anything been saved back. Because the show's filmed. If there's anything been saved uh-huh. back for an ultimate last-minute reveal that will just make everybody go, oh, you know, like a Jordy or a Wharf or, or a Q uh, or a Guinan yeah. or something in this season. Yeah, you know, I was kind of surprised being out this story in Bob's Hue that Jordy is not part of it. Mm-hmm. Considering the bond that the two of them right. had, I thought maybe LeVar would be in here somewhere. And Lavar's talked about but, wanting to be. He would love to be part of it, and da, da, da. and maybe that's a, maybe this is a we're leaving some things for second season, like we didn't, you know. Yeah, which yeah, is maybe you don't want to cram yeah, the entire TNG cast into the first few episodes. It's like which every, I it's I, I support. It's yeah, yeah, totally. It's like the first ten minutes in Star Trek 09, they crammed every McCoy line at poor Carl Urban in the first 10 minutes they're on the enterprise. Yeah. I was like, can you guys are yeah. like, I love this because you stretch it out. So yeah, it's like, don't, <laughs> don't cram everything in just to, you know, you can, you can choke on your favorite food, you know, even so. <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm, cause there are, there are a lot of places they can go and keep, but what, you know, part of it's what serves the story. And maybe they just thought that was too many. Maybe it was even a budget thing. Maybe they didn't want to pay for all, you know, eight or 10, obvious characters that you could bring in for a Picard series set 30 years later or whatever 20 mm-hmm. you know maybe it was purely about money and we'll spread the much as much as you know storytelling let's spread it out a little spread it out sure sure spread the love spread the love yep so something that will definitely i think rally the fan base quite a bit yeah i would like i would hope so i mean has I'm anybody so too. has anybody seen anything negative out there from anybody I mean, there's always some idiot that can come up. Oh, they, they, oh yeah, please. right, right. I know. You, you know, you know as well. As Let I me know. rephrase that. It doesn't. You don't have to. In, go, in, yeah. In the real, among <laughs> among people of you know sincerity, in the fan base, and people who don't mind voicing an opinion, but go, can, you know, are, yeah. are halfway reality based. Have you really seen any legitimate? There's the word. Legitimate criticisms or or holdouts here aside from data's hairline and, and block <laughs> honestly the data thing is the most negative most people are just like yeah it's like the the most negative thing i've heard is just like yeah it's fine like it's good it's mm-hmm. yep. i think people yep. those people are and i'm i think i'm probably more towards that group on the spectrum but it's more just like reserved um caution caution rather mm-hmm. like cautious optimism yeah um, yes cautious optimism yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know, Absolutely. I'll judge the thing when I see it. Mm-hmm. But so far, sure, this is good. Yep. To me, it feels a little bit like it's funny. And this is like way back and this is way before I was involved professionally with Trek at all. But even being like a quasi savvy observer, it's like when they when Star Trek four was put together and even before and it wasn't supposed to be out until November or early December. And mm. in '86, and even and this was and it was the yeah. 20th anniversary, and it was the fir- mm. the 20th anniversary was the first time Paramount did an official, the, you know, the corporate holder did an official, and now it's like it's so de rigueur. It's like oh, every five years you're going to get anniversary crap about everything now, right? Yep. And that was yep. the first time somebody went, you know, maybe we should start 
making a thing. We could probably market this and make a thing out of it. So 86, they start doing that, and then that's also when they decided to greenlight you know, a new series that became Next Generation. Mm-hmm. But even before then, they were feeling – I mean, I was not at Paramount, but just reading things now and kind of putting a timeline together, it's like when something is so – it's like when you get somebody the most perfect present in the world and you can't wait till their birthday or Christmas or whenever it is you're going to give it to them. And it's almost like you're yep. bursting – it's like you're going to – if nobody else is, but you may give it away too early, and you're wanting to give it to them, and you're trying not to like look that happy. But, And it's like that was the way it seems like they, they knew that Star Trek IV was going to be this wonderful you know, thing, yeah. and a little different, and maybe even bust out beyond the normal audience, which is exactly what it did. And I just get that feeling, um, and I don't know of anything else feeling that way <laughs> in track since then but i just keep getting that feeling about picard like watching the signs it's like they finished the show they're in post they finished shooting they're in post now and i just get the feeling that they're all kind of brimming over almost wishing they could like you know rip open a corner of the package and show you a corner of it right which i guess that's what promos mm-hmm. and trailers are doing or a teaser for mm-hmm. but i just that vibe i just had that vibe and i don't want to overdo because that's the killer if you overdo anything raise the bar too high on expectations and people are disappointed i just get the feeling yeah. that they're all just insufferably pleased with themselves you know <laughs> <laughs> for at least a month um to go deep cut there on very friday's good, child like, okay i good. told you i yep, love friday's yep. child um, yeah, <laughs> but I just get that feeling about. It. I know how it strikes you guys, but it just seems like they're just they all. And it's almost. And again, it's like not that Discovery is suffering in comparison, but Discovery's had this trouble. You know, I got I don't get no respect, and we're we're doing you know we're doing all these things. Hey, I'm working on 15 nonprofit boards commissions, and I help build housing for the poor. It's like no, I'm sorry, Discovery. It's not enough. <laughs> it's gonna be another year or two before you prove yourself. And then here's the golden child oh, out of funny. the gate is Picard. So I, you know, but uh, I just think they feel like they've they've got a, a winner, and they're all they can't wait to show it and blah blah blah. Yeah, I hope sincerely hope they do. Same here. Yep. Looking forward to January. Yep, yeah, it's gonna be big. By the way, just one, one thing: I'm kind of bummed that it's running on Thursdays. Why is that? I was hoping it would be more of a weekend thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's because it's easier for everybody to kind of hang out together and watch it. You know, like we used to with Discovery's first season, we watched it on the weekends. That's right. Yeah, Sundays. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of you know I was kind of hoping they'd do that again, but yeah, can't. I, have it I'm ever. sure my European Portal Forty Seven folks and people on Tuesdays Live will tell me. But have they has it been formally announced that it'll drop on Netflix like the next like on the Friday? It there has been, I believe, a formal announcement. I'm sure it will. I, I thought I read something about the time frame. It, within 24 hours, I think, of it dropping in the states. Yeah. Now, once again, they're not getting the short treks. There's no, you know, along right. yeah, they're all and they'll probably drop them all at once as they did last time. Yeah, that's how Netflix rolls. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah. Thursday and it's not, and it's not even like the Orville is on the same night like like who knows what they're gonna Hulu's gonna do with the Orville but that was that was kind of funny for the second season the Orville's not coming back until I think next right. fall which is crazy That's less insane. what day it is well I keep seeing these shows I didn't watch but I know they went like the Lost in Space I thought it I didn't think they were bringing it back I thought it had been underperforming and didn't you know meet what they did and now lo and behold here's a season two hmm. I'm not following, yeah. and I'm sure they shot it, you know, months ago. But I, 
I so I, no one cares about how long apparently goes by between seasons when you're streaming. When you're living, I don't know. I don't know about that because I definitely lose interest. Because what happens for me is I get really into a show, and then once it once it goes long enough without me having watched it, I realize that I I learn what it's like to live without that show in my life, and I learn that it's (laughs) fine and life goes on. And then by the time it comes back, I'm like, oh yeah, that show. I really liked it. I guess I should watch it again. But like my momentum is totally gone. People used to talk about husbands and wives that way, and now you're talking about shows. (laughs) (laughs) I understood now what it's like not to have. You know what? Television's important to me. Okay. Okay. It's a big part of my life. On the other side of the coin, how it's important to you, or cannot be important to you. No, it's that was adorable. (laughs) But no, um, and I was going to say, especially in the era of these dinky, you know, HBO, BBC short seasons now that streaming is in. When, when there yeah. were 26 or whatever, but now that there's only 13 mm. or 10. Yeah, you're often makes, going like sometimes almost two years. Yes, it makes the gap even longer. Even if uh-huh. they were annual, there would it would still feel like it was two It's years. still super long. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And that could conceivably happen to Discovery if it comes back for a fourth season. Because if the Section 31 show goes into production, I would assume there'll be a larger hiatus for Discovery. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of crossover yeah. so on maybe, there. Maybe not, maybe not a two-year gap, but like a good year and a half. Maybe. Well, and they've got this yeah. new stage in Toronto. I, I was really hoping that uh, that I didn't know if Picard was shot here in Southern California because Patrick, because of Patrick's situation. I mean, he's very you know bicoastal in the UK and gets back and forth and around. Right. But just as a nod to his you know potential fatigue factor or whatever that they're doing in that, uh, and yeah. and of course they got the 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 news broke of where they were filming it because of the California, you know, the, the bureaucratic takes a tax break for filming report came out and yep. some sharp eyed guy went, Oh, look, they're filming the Star Trek here. It wasn't, I heard later on, it wasn't because of Patrick at all. It was totally because they got a tax break in LA in California. So, mm-hmm. but they've got that Toronto stage and it acts like they're just hell bent on filming. I mean, that's, that's one of my things. You can take your Klingon hair or your puffy data face my thing is, <laughs> or your pay for it on streaming all access. My thing is like Star Trek needs to be made back in L.A. where God and meant for it to be. This is where it was. Well, it was you know created what? here, well, and that's where it for you. And yeah. not. And I'm sorry. I don't mean to. You know, I love all you Canadians who are getting a job, and you creatives who are getting to show your stuff. I don't mean anything against you, but it's like I just hate for it not to be here in SoCal where it was conceived, and you know, and maybe maybe the the other thing about the the remarriage the reconciliation will be there'll be more mm-hmm. of an open door to that and whether it's on the paramount yeah. lot per se or just somewhere around socal but um it would be yeah. nice to see as of right now paramount. it's not a tr- it's not like picard's the beginning of a trend i'm sure they'll they'll try to be section 31 or whatever the next show live action show will be will will be up at the tur- the new toronto stages they just had the big press conference to you know display and called mm-hmm. in the 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 Sinequa and some of the other faces in to help yep, launch it few, yep they did and i'm sure they'll do more of that i just that's one thing i miss is i wish there was more trek down here in la what you know yeah but that's me that's me but you're bringing the trek to la yourself right larry with all the stuff that you got going on uh oh, well yeah we try i mean like one thing picard's added a bunch of a bunch of new SoCal, you know, like filming locations. So when we do, when I, when we do the big uh, tour before, which we're planning, tentatively planning to do before Vegas next year again. But even apart from that, my Trekland Treks, 
uh, day tours. People can come in now and just do a day tour or two or three. And awesome. I've got like uh, 40 places. I've got all the call sheets from all, you know, original series through. And we, we know a lot of the Picard places already. Some of them are a ways out. but um, yeah, That's so cool. You know, so people. And some of them are very familiar. Some of them, well, uh -huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vasquez Rocks and Tillman, which was uh, Starfleet Academy and headquarters for ages. There's the really familiar and people just get, I love watching people when they first come through the gate at Tillman. It's, well, it's funny to hear them realize that it's a sewage treatment plant. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a radically revolutionary sewage treatment plant and they wanted to make it something beautiful, <laughs> not stinky. And it, and it works, it starts gleaming 24th century. But uh, with awesome. a little hat, help from a matte painting. But uh, it's recognizable enough. It's awesome to see people come through and turn around and look and just, you know, people in, you know, just the smile light up like, oh, my God, I'm really here. And then everybody, you know, whether they've got their uniforms with them or not, they just want to, you know, take pictures. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, Vasquez yeah, rocks. Yeah. It's like when you come over the hill and you can kind of see it yeah. from the backside. But, and Vasquez in Picard again. So they're yep. hitting yep. all the feels. Forget, yep. forget, forget uh, Jonathan and, and – uh, and Marina, it's like we got Vasquez Rocks in Picard. I know. Well, that's the yeah. kind of little Easter eggy type thing that's like not hitting you over the head with the nostalgia. It's just like thrown in there, and if you know it, you know it. Yeah. But, but where they where they're standing in the trailer is right where Kirk fought the yeah. <laughs> So here's the, here's a yes, and here's a whack. So here's a story I'll tell you. So about in May, and I've been ramping up Trekland Treks. So I had two two ladies um, do treks. Bonnie Moss was one of them. Um, and we went to Vasquez and we get there and I pull up and I'm like, oh crap, they're shooting something here. There's something going on. But then I look like I take a second look and it's a trailer that's covered and it's sitting right where the, yeah, where the Gordon fight. We've had Bobby Clark, you know, talk, I've got him on tape talking about it all mm -hmm. in the Gordon suit. But, you know, lots of things have filmed at Vasquez, original series and, and, you know, uh, next generation did who watches the watchers there. So. But we pull up and I went, okay, this isn't so bad. There's plenty of time, plenty of angles we can do and get the rocks and we can do lots of stuff. We can go over to the Friday's Child area. You know, we can throw rocks on Klingons and tall carpet people, <laughs> all that stuff. We can do lots of things here. This truck is not going to ruin our day here. But I was just, I walked out and said, so he's, what are you guys doing? And it was like simple. And it was like four or five guys with a covered truck standing around doing a hurry up and like they're just getting their you know time in. There's nothing, there's no actor, there's nobody with a camera, there's no million trucks and makeup, all that. It's just like five guys, big trucks, something covered on the back. You'd almost think it was a third stage of a Saturn V or it was a, you know, something covered up. Hmm. And they're like, I said, what do you guys got a, I said, just had a commercial or something or, because it looked pretty simple and almost done. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we filmed a commercial. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, cool. So we went on our, did our thing. And then a couple of weeks later, I had somebody an anonymous, I'll say anonymous person, get to me and go, Larry, you were like kidding about that thing at Vasquez Rocks? They were filming Picard out there that day. And I'm like, no what? Way. But no they way. were done. We were there the day or wrap-up day or something. We were out there. So that thing you see her living in when he goes to, out to Vasquez and he's visiting. Yeah. yeah. yeah Apparently yeah, yeah, that yeah. was what was on the trailer covered up. That's rad. That's so cool. Oh, That's wow. so funny. And so then I was madly going like, did you guys get any pictures? It was cut because I had a, a plastic white tarp over it, so you couldn't see it, see it. Sure. And I don't know what you would have recognized. I don't, you know, unless it was like a, you know, oh, it's got a delta on it. must be Star Trek. Because right. nothing mm. from Star Trek exists without 15 deltas on it now. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. But anyway, that was kind of awesome. But but that's you know. But again, there's that's the thing I've been ramping up is is doing the day tours with people, and it's just it's just awesome to see people. But 
the famous places and also the really obscure. So, you know, I send you the 40 places, you pick them, and, and there are some obscure places. And now we've had our third. There's been Now there are at least three different Picard family vineyards, which is fine, depending on what show went where, which is kind of funny. But you know, you have you have multiple choices for some things when they got more budget and they mm-hmm. would do differently in a movie. But mm-hmm. but that's been that's been, that's been what's been um, awesome to do. Uh, that's to do cool. Those, I mean, I want I want to well come as, out and do one of those treks. That sounds like a well, great yeah, totally. time. Well, the whole point is, you pick your day with the treks. You pick your day and you pick what you want to do, and I'll help you. Like this, we can't do both of these in the set. Like this is the way mm-hmm. north and this is way south, and we got LA traffic. You know, or maybe on a weekend, but not on a weekday. So I'll help you put it together. But then by the time we're done, you know, you'll have what you want to do and we'll have lunch somewhere in the middle. And, and um, yeah, I just love seeing people see. There's nothing like seeing something in the flesh when you've been watching it, you know, whether you bring along your, your own phaser, or your own uniform or what. I had somebody uh, later on bring action figures. And whenever they, whatever they went on trips, they would take their their Trek action figures. It was actually a, a Dixon Hill, Picard, and Beverly. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and a and a Tom. Um, this is Jan and Ian from the UK. But they and and her Tom Paris, her threshold Tom Paris. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and they and that's the three she had. And we, we were at Vasquez. <laughs> she was sitting. We had to do all these shots of of Dixon Hill, Picard, and like her playmates, Dixon Hill and Beverly outfits uh, on the rocks and that's we, awesome all over the place and we went over to the friday's child table rock and you know where they put the communicator down and do the signal and do the vibrations that, that cause the avalanche and we put them over there and it's that's what that's what she did on when she went traveling so you know whatever it is people get off on we we can we can do that so anyway that's that's on top of things like portal 47 and doing the the pod you know doing the track files for roddenberry my podcast and every week on tuesdays and um, and the live my Facebook live on on Larry's Trekland page uh, every Tuesday at one Pacific. Um, aside from doing all that kind of thing, those hands-on things are are a lot of fun with folks. So anyway, thank you for asking about it. Though it's been it's it's fun to kind of develop that kind of and Portal Forty Seven. Our open house is coming up uh, October twenty second on Tuesday night. So hopefully this is out. So people go over to my site LarryNimichart.com and it's all all the stuff is there. So if people want to get a hold of you for any of these things you're mentioning, just go to your website. Go to the website or flag me on, you know, at Larry Nemechek on Twitter and um, all my projects. A lot of them have a separate Facebook page, but Larry Nemechek's Trekland is is kind of the hub of everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And I have a Larry Nemechek's Trekland is my Instagram, too. So doing doing all kinds of things. It's mostly trek but i you know other things sneak in there too family stuff and and um goofy just day-to-day goofy life things sneak mm-hmm. in there because it's instagram and that's what you do on instagram but yeah i'd say yeah the the web page there's a contact thing there if you want to get a hold of me but i'm pretty easy to get a hold of on facebook or or twitter <laughs> i think yep, yep you are cool but th- so this has right. been awesome guys thanks for having me on to, to talk well thanks for coming we really appreciate yeah, it's it it's been Larry. too long for sure and um yeah everyone Definitely go check out all of Larry's stuff and his podcast on the Roddenberry Podcast Network, The Trek Files. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Just uh, easiest way to find that on Facebook. I mean, it's you can get it on all the podcasting places, podcatching places. Because <laughs> the thing about Trek Files is it is a file. We put the document we're talking about from Gene's files, memos and scripts and, and letters to and from. Uh, there's something funky. And they're all just 15. I know this is shocking. Me doing something that's only 15, <laughs> 20 minutes long. 
<laughs> but um, John John Champion cracks a whip. Uh, but yeah, it's meant to be a short take, and when we have guests, then we can get three or four shows out of each guest, you know. So, and we've had mm-hmm. some. We've had you know Dorothy Fontana and Doug Drexler and Rick Sternbach and B. Joe yeah. Trimble and John and. And uh, that's that makes it fun too, and hope. And sometimes we have things that people wrote twenty and thirty and forty years ago, and they're talking about it, you know, <laughs> or or later generations. Yeah. It's a great podcast. I oh, love it. thank you, thank you. Anyway, it's a lot of fun, and and it's uh, and it's it's easily digestible. <laughs> yeah, I think it's filling it a is, niche. It is absolutely yeah, that needed to be filled. So cool, and and of course my thanks to to Rod for uh, asking me to do it. So it was totally there. It was their idea, and then I brought in the guest angle to it, and and it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy doing, it. and I'm, and it's really gratifying to hear people um, enjoy enjoy it like yeah. you guys. Awesome. awesome. All right, folks. Well, I think we've come to the end of this show. Once again, thanks to Larry for joining mm-hmm. us, and we'll see you guys soon. All right, bye everybody. Truck well. Bye everybody. <laughs>